Meeting Church podcast. Thank you for tuning in. We hope the following message touches your hearts and minds. Okay, church, we are back in our fifth and final installment of the Shalom Church. It's been a, a series that we've been working through since uh, basically right after Easter. And um, uh, the Shalom Church, when we think about wholeness and joy and healing and completeness and flourishing, right? Does does the Bible offer any any concept or word or idea for, for all of these these things? And, and it, it does. Uh, the ancient Hebrew word shalom, we can quickly translate it as peace, uh, but it is a big word. It refers to an ideal state of complete peace. Uh, and so really, I, I want you to hold up your hands like this, like you're holding a, a big watermelon, like, like shalom. It is a big container of a word, and there's many things that, that fit inside of that, that container. Uh, shalom is a big concept for us. And what we've been doing uh, with this series, the Shalom Church, uh, we have been considering different, I would say, traditional or historical marks of the church. The church is one and diverse. The church is holy and charismatic. The church is apostolic and at the same time prophetic. And today uh, we are getting into the church is Catholic and at the same time, local. So really, this has been a series on ecclesiology, which is like the study of church, church life. And I hope uh, if you've been tracking with us, um, I, I hope you've been challenged and encouraged by this high calling that Jesus has for his church. Um, if, if you're a first-time visitor, thank you so, so much for, for being with us today. Uh, so you're kind of catching the end of a series, but thank you so much for, for being with us today. The Shalom Church, Part 5. Today we wrap all of this up by considering two characteristics. The church is Catholic. The church is also local. And so uh, the word Catholic, uh, sometimes that, that makes our ears kind of perk up. The word Catholic um, this is lowercase c, Catholic. It means universal or according to the whole, all right? Uh, the word Catholic is not in the Bible, but early in the second century, uh, the word was, was picked out to use, it was used in a way to kind of describe, okay, we have all these local house churches, um, what, what word can we use to kind of say the whole, right? Uh, and so basically there was a Greek word uh, that we now translate into our English word, Catholic, okay? It is, there is one church, one universal church, one general church, one God, one Savior, one Spirit, one group of believers, one body with one mission. One church, one body with one mission. Now, sometimes I think our opinions and, and preferences of, of church uh, kind of trip us up and we get, we get nearsighted. We, we lose sight of the whole. 
We, we lose sight of the big picture, the, the Catholic, all right? We lose a vision that the church is co-missioned together. Now, my wife and I, we don't have uh, the luxury of, of church shopping. Uh, we're, we're pretty rooted uh, in our local church body, but, but I, can, I can imagine, you know, what it would be like to, to check things out. Does this church fit my preaching needs? Does this church's music fit my tastes? Is there a youth group for my kids? And so on and so on. And we can easily think of the church as this institution of, of goods and services. And, and it's almost like, um, you know, some of those online forums or, or the apps on our cell phones. We can easily just give things a thumbs up or a thumbs down or, or we, we rate things or we give things stars, right? Is the church just another place of goods and services where we just have a, a menu of options where you get to choose from, right? We can easily think the church as this institution of goods and services, but perhaps we can critique some of that consumerism by simply pondering that God has a mission for this world. And you know what? He has a church for his mission. And he has his churches, his little flocks spread all over the globe. There is one gospel that God dreams to seep and soak into every corner and arena of life. There is not one corner of the globe that Christ hasn't died for. Worship wars, nitpicking, perpetual church shopping, that hinders the church. That hinders mission. And so I want us to take a step back this morning. There is a worldwide church. The church is big. The church is big, but the church is also small. And so the tension and the balance for us today, it's, it's in these ideas of localism and globalism. Now, when I say globalism, I don't mean the political science term, but I'm talking about gospel globalism, the, the, the global-sized gospel. The church is local and global, local and global. And I just imagine a, a pendulum here. Because on, on one side, if we swing to the one side, we see that, that churches have their own culture and language and flavors and style. And on the global side, if we swing to the other side, we see uh, that there are things that make us uniform and things that connect us. Whether, you know, scripture and tradition and, and, and there are things that connect us. But we need to be careful because if we swing too far to the local side, we can get caught up in being a super isolated church and, and we get disconnected from the rest. But if we swing too far to the other side, uh, we might get super uniform and our unique expressions get extinguished. And just everything and, you know, everything looks and feels the same. And so what we want to do is we want to hold like the big church and the little church 
together, the global and the local together. For us, we belong to the church universal, the global church. And at the same time, we have a unique role to play right here in Plymouth Meeting, in Conshohocken, in Lafayette Hill, in East Norriton, in Norristown, in Roxborough, and beyond. We are planted in our own unique parish. We are a local church, but at the same time, we want to stay connected to other churches in our denomination. We want to stay connected to other churches within our area. And you know what? We get to intercede for the region we have been called to serve. And a mysterious fascination that comes with the gospel is this. Jesus is super localized. Like, Jesus is so on board with being at the local level. He is so local, like he is on the heart level. That's how zoomed in Jesus gets. Jesus goes down deep. He lives at the bottom of our heart. He is the king of our heart. Jesus is very concerned about the local, but at the same time, he is also a big Jesus. And he loves this world in which he gave his life for. And so I just simply suggest this morning, you know, being aware of the local and, and, and being aware of the global characteristics of the church, it helps us in our Christian thinking and practice. And speaking of awareness, 120 years ago, the majority of the church was lighter skinned uh, and, and they lived in the northern and western hemispheres. But guess what? Things have been changing. Christianity's map has been reshaping in our entire lifetime. Today, the majority of Christians live in the southern and eastern hemispheres. And definitely, by 2025, two-thirds of Christians will live in Africa, Latin America, and Asia. A scholar named Stephen Bevins, he writes, the average Christian today is female, black, and lives in a Brazilian uh, favela or an African village. Most Christians in this world do not look like you and I, and they do not live in areas that look like the places we live in. But I want you to hear this. Christianity is growing. Christianity is growing. One example, one country is, is China. China has been under communist rule since what, about 1949? Uh, there's been persecution and suppression and restrictions. But guess what? The church is, is, is booming. The China church is booming. And it's hard to get a really good read on, on Chinese Christianity in terms of numbers. It's hard to give you accurate numbers. But researchers are saying if the growth rate continues, in the next 20 years, China will be the largest Christian country in the world. Pretty soon, many mainstream Christian thought leaders and theologians will not have European-sounding Actually, the future is already here. Um, there are many wonderful the theologians from around the world that do not come from North America 
or Europe. Christianity is growing. God is on the move. And we celebrate that. We are encouraged about that. And while there's so much to learn from world Christianity, again, we are also in our own unique setting right here in Plymouth Meeting. Or wherever you're, you're tuning in from today, uh, you are in your own unique local parish. And the idea is like you, me, we are joining in with God's mission for the suburbs. Now, we find a great early text in the Bible about God's mission in Genesis chapter 12. So if you have your Bibles, please turn to Genesis chapter 12. And as you do so, I'll just say, hey, the first 11 chapters of Genesis are captivating. I'll give you a quick overview. Uh, creator, God the Creator starts things off. It starts with creation and like the universe. And then it kind of goes to the earth. And, uh, you know, the story goes on. Then it kind of focuses down to Adam. And by the time we get to Genesis 12, we get to Abraham or, or Abram at that time. Uh, but in Genesis chapter 12, starting in verse 1 here, uh, the Lord said to Abram, Go from your land, your relatives, and your father's house to the land that I will show you. I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse anyone who treats you with contempt. And all the peoples of the earth will be blessed through you. So about 4,000 years ago, the Creator called Abraham and gave promises. And for now, uh, the promise, the one slice of the promise that I want to focus on is this, that all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. This is like the bottom line of the promises here. God's global mission is to bless all people, all families, all nations. God's intention is that through Abraham and his family, God will bless the world. And this promise is actually repeated four more times throughout the book of Genesis. And what I want you to see, what I want you to have a vision for right here, is God's universal end. The trajectory is set. God is going to bless the whole world. As a whole, Humanity is, has been subject to the curse of sin, but the good news is God has a plan, a promise to reach the whole with a blessing. And so from here all the way to the revelation, God has a universal mission. From the world of Abraham and Sarah all the way to the great multitude uh, that, that nobody can count, from every nation, tribe, people, and language that's found in Revelation 7, verse 9. God has a plan, a promise. God has a person to take away the curse of sin. The Son of God fully opened up the way to enjoy blessings of grace, forgiveness, peace, redemption, and eternal life. And you know what that means? That means Plymouth Meeting Church, we are part of a family of redeemed people who are now called to live redemptively in response. We get to join in with God's mission of redeeming the world. God is buying back the world, so to speak, through changed hearts and lives 
in Christ Jesus. There's a story in the Bible, uh, in the second book of the Bible, where God showed up big time when he busted out Abraham's family out of Egyptian slavery. God shows up big time. God took on Pharaoh and won. But the thing is, that story never really ended because God continues to take on Pharaoh. God continues to take on the power of slavery and bondage. And through the power of the cross, God is still busting people out of spiritual bondage. Now, certainly, God chose Abraham's family. God elected one family. And in that Exodus story, God said, they belong to me. They belong to God, but the goal was always to bring salvation and freedom to all families. Bless. I want to bless the families. I want to, I want to bless the families on the earth. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all its people belong to him. The global goal of reaching all local families. And so the church is caught up in this balancing act between being a local tribe with a global mission, right? You know, we, we, we have a local mission as we are also a part of a global tribe. The global and the local, it's a balancing act. Dr. Chris Wright teaches, our missional response to God lies between the past and the future, between grace and glory, between historical salvation and ongoing mission, between what God has done and what God will yet do, between where we have come from and where we are going. Plymouth Meeting Church is a local church with a global-sized gospel and mission. We have brothers and sisters all around the world who share in the same gospel work, the same vision and mission. The church is both local and universal. And so, how do we live with the local and global in mind? Well, for starters, you should know that we as a church, we are committed uh, to supporting six main missionaries and their families. There are others that we support too. Uh, but, but we just have six. Six missionaries and their families, we support them. Uh, this does not come out of our general church budget. Uh, this is simply, uh, you know, um, hey, a number of you have chosen to, to be partners uh, and you financially and prayerfully support the ministries uh, of our missionaries. Your generosity helps make faith-filled differences around the world. And you know what? Um, again, this doesn't come out of our general church budget. We, uh, the need is always there. Um, and so um, one way that you can support uh, financially and through prayer is, um, you know, yeah, uh, support our, our missionaries. Uh, we have opportunities right there for you. Additionally, uh, did you know that our denomination has a global ministries community? You can learn, support, and get involved with other ministries and missionaries uh, that our denomination works with. They serve on all six main continents. And you can learn about our EC churches in Japan and Nepal and, and India and Liberia and Mexico. 
The EC Church is bigger outside of the states. Did you know that? Another accessible way to get involved with, with missions is, is to be involved with your local church. Here at Plymouth Meeting Church, uh, we have a commission called Community Connections. It's our outreach group. And, uh, you know, if you're feeling a nudge to be a part of the, the outreach team, if you, want, if, if you like getting out, we would love for you uh, to, to join our team, to volunteer some time and energy. We want to get you plugged in. You can help plan events and coordinate missional projects, especially as like the pandemic is hopefully winding down now. We're looking to kind of, you know, vamp up some, some missional activities. Um, we would love for you to get plugged in. It's fun stuff. Now, also under Community Connections, we, we have a, a ministry entity called Missionary Fellowship. And really, this is, this is the group that raises support and awareness and prayer about all things missions. One of my personal goals is to see Missionary Fellowship kind of just retooled and, and revamped. This is the group that that watches over and, and connects and supports those six missionaries I was talking about. If you are interested in any type of mission, missional activity, we would love to talk to you about joining our team. It won't cost you anything. It's simply just you being interested and, and activated uh, in, in all things missions. If you want to talk about missions, if you want to do missions, if you want to raise support missions and do like banquets and, and fundraisers. If you, if you want to see Plymouth Meeting Church send out mission trip teams, then Missionary Fellowship is for you. Whether it's local missions or global missions, please consider partnering with Plymouth Meeting Church's Missionary Fellowship. We also have local connections to our community food bank, and we have relationships with a ministry down in Philadelphia and and we worked with others like in Norristown and other groups in our area. And actually, just another thing that you can do as a church is to keep the persecuted and tribulated church close to your heart and mind. There are many nonprofit organizations that you can track with. Samaritan's Purse, World Vision, Compassion International, Voice of the, the Martyrs, Joshua Project, and, and many, many others out there. Kind of hooking up and, and tracking with these organizations, they'll 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 let you know about the the mission and movement of, of what's happening around the world in the global church, what's happening in the persecuted church, the underground church, the the church invisible. But now here at the end, here's the thing: all of this is ultimately a lifestyle. Living in line with God's mission is a lifestyle. Back to Genesis 12, after God called Abram, if you notice in verse 4, verse 4 starts out like this. So Abram went. Abram went. Abram responded to God's call. Abram's life was then immersed into this, this, this promise that God had given, given him. When you were baptized into Christ, you were immersed into a missional reality. 
And while we have commissions and fellowships and groups and activities and organized things in and around Plymouth Meetings Church, you being the church in your everyday life is also just such a big part of what we're talking about today. God has planted you here for a reason. You are blessed to be a blessing. And through relationality between you and others, and relationality between us and other churches, and relationality between denominations and other churches and parachurches and organizations around the world, there is one diverse, holy and charismatic, prophetic and apostolic church that has a universal missional scope that is lived out in unique local ways. And if anything, can I implore you to pray for the church, to borrow from Paul, I urge you, brothers and sisters, by our Lord Jesus Christ and by the love of the Spirit, to join me in the struggle and pray for the church. Pray for peace, pray for faith, joy, success, wholeness, harmony, healing. Pray for shalom.